Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope that you experience God's presence and encouragement for your life as you listen to this week's message. God has blessed this house with great mothers and fathers. And we have a lot of them here in in our congregation too. I couldn't possibly name them all. Uh, But Chris has been a real special one. He's been connected with this place starting many years ago when he was a teacher. He taught me in a day school here that we had in the time. I was his favorite student. Uh, uh, Anyways, uh, moving on. Sixth grade, uh, I was the best student. Um, but And then he was an associate pastor here. He was a worship minister here. Uh, then he moved away to Kansas City and helped Mike start the International House of Prayer, if you've heard of that, down in Kansas City. Did that for 10 years and has been an associate pastor at Life Center for the last several years. And uh, But all throughout this time, God has like kept you connected with us and what God is doing here and with God's purposes for this place. So I just want to honor you, Chris, and just give him a nice round of applause as he comes up. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be here. Amen. Chick, you're a trip. <laughs> I don't know you, but I really love you. <laughs> you love you too? <laughs> you don't know you, but you love you. Oh. All right, I, I, I know that you've all read those silly bulletins. You know the silly bulletins? But I just got a new group. And I just, just have to tell you. Is that okay? Yeah. I cannot go on without doing my favorite bulletin. These are real church bulletins, by the way, if you, if you don't know this. These are things that really were in church bulletins that... Uh, um, <clears throat> got out somehow and got past the quality control um, as, as well as Steve did um, years ago. Uh, <laughs> see, I've got the mic. It's, uh, <laughs> I know it. That's okay. That's all right. Do you guys make sure it's really low when he gets it? Okay. Um, the sermon this morning, by the way, is going to be Jesus Walks on Water. The sermon tonight will be searching for Jesus. <laughs> for those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> Potluck Supper Sunday at 5 o'clock, prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> at the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. That's one of my favorite. But here's my favorite. The Low Self-Esteem Support Group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please make sure to use the back door. (laughs) Anyway, I just... Laughter is good for the soul. It's good for the heart. We need more of it. Just turn on any news channel. Doesn't matter if it's your favorite conservative one. They're all filled with really bad news. And what I love this morning was 
between Brittany and Mark, they shine with good news. They just light up with the reality of what is good. Um, and I loved it. And I love that little, little skip there at the end you guys were playing. That was a nice little riff. <laughs> it was in uh, um, <clears throat> Kansas City some years ago, and we were doing a conference, and it was down at the, uh, at the uh, auditorium down, downtown, and, and there was 8,000 people, because that's what it fit, and it packed it out. And I was leading worship, and I got into this little instrumental thing that sounded like the Doobie Brothers' Long Train Running. <laughs> Anybody know Doobie Brothers' Long Train Running? Okay. For those of you that, who has never heard of the Doobie Brothers, by the way? Wow. You're young, and the rest of us are old. Okay, Doobie Brothers. Um, gather round. Oh, I won't sing it. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, and, and without love, where would we be now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had this little thing going, and I just I had this. And it was just supposed to be a little interlude between one song to the next. And so my band picked it up immediately. And the next thing we know, we had a train of people going around the auditorium of 1,000 people <laughs> in a train that went an hour long. And so we just played the same stupid chords for an hour of long train running. Um, so. I just speak freedom to the musicians. Go for it, guys. <laughs> no, seriously. You're, you're, there's, a, there's a level of, of freedom that's taken place here um, that I think is, is awesome. Um, <clears throat> you, can't, you can't grab a hold of the, the next thing God has until you let go of the thing that you have. So this is, this is, this is let go and grab on time. And, and let go and grab on time is, is an exchange period, but it's really important, really important. And I, I, I was down there this morning, and I just felt, you know, I'm not going to be some hyper-spiritual thing. Well, the Lord told me during worship, but I just, <laughs> I was reminded of something during worship and felt that I'm supposed to share this, and I have not shared this, but it's about here when I left in 1992. I've never shared it here, and I felt like I was supposed to share it. Um, the Lord spoke to our hearts in, in uh, August of 91 that we were supposed to move. And we were supposed to move from here. I was the associate pastor. We were supposed to move from here to Kansas City, Missouri. And um, if, by the way, if, if you're here and you're going, wow, he hasn't given a scripture yet, Exodus 47. Oh, there you go. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I'll come back to it in a few minutes. <laughs> But religion's an amazing thing, so I want to make sure I fulfill that aspect. Um, sorry. And so I, we came back, and, and when we were there, we got a word while we were there that uh, from a guy named Jim Gall, James Gall now, but he was Jim for years. And by, by the way, my, my wife, if you know who James Gall is, he, he had this long mullet, and he used to love to have my wife perm the back of his hair so it was all wavy, because he wanted to look like Kim Clement. So, those, <laughs> so for years, she used to perm the back of James's hair. So I've got this on, well, I won't say on tape, because it's not tape anymore. Um, <clears throat> so while I was there, James, we met him. That was the first time we ever met him, and he, he's just praying for us. He goes, oh. I don't know what's going on in your lives. We were there to visit to see if the Lord wanted us to be there. 
we just felt we need to put our feet on the ground. So we got there, and we went forward for prayer, and he goes, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I see the Lord moving you from the east to the west. And he goes, I can see this movement. And right then we were praying about there, but I also had an invitation to pastor church uh, <clears throat> near Niagara Falls in, in Lockport, New York. And so it was either one was going to be an hour and 15 minutes west, the other one was going to be a whole lot longer west. And um, <clears throat> so at the end of it, he goes, uh, I just, I, I, I see this movement, but now I see a, a clock coming down and it, it says nine o'clock. So I, I don't know what's going on, but maybe nine months to the time. And sure enough, nine months almost to the day, it might have been to the day, nine months later, we moved. Um, but when I got home from that trip, the next morning, the phone rang, and, and I picked up the phone. The first thing that someone here, one of the leaders said was, so, I, so we were joking on our way home. I guess the question is, how far west? How far west? And that's what even James says. He goes, your question's going to be, how far west? Is it short west or is it longer west? And so the first thing someone said is, how far west? And I went, wow, who have you talked to? And he said, nobody. And I said, well, let me tell you what's going on. So I shared the thing that, that was spoken to our hearts. It really, it didn't tell us to go. It confirmed to us to go. Very important difference. And uh, <clears throat> so we gathered with some elders and just to get together for me to share the story. And, and during that time, that particular person that I had talked to did a 180 flip and was now against us going. Well, we got in with a group of people. There were about eight or nine of them. And everyone but one was against our going. They were angry. Um, one um, yelled at me. Uh, and it's like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure how to walk this out because I want my friends, I want, I want those I'm doing the kingdom with to, to be a part of the next thing that God has for us. So we had to go well, what's, what's the Lord saying in the middle of all this? And uh, <clears throat> during, that, during that little meeting, um, one person looked at me and just, again, uh, almost spit, didn't know, just went, and then got up and walked out of the, out of the room. And I sat there going, <clears throat> okay, I think I heard God. My wife and I are in agreement. We're joyful. Um, but when I came back here, there was nothing but um, negativity except for one person. One person said, it's God, it's good, you're supposed to go. Everybody else was, was very negative. Even, in, and I'm gonna say this because we've been best of friends for years and years. Those of you that know Russ Merwin, Russ, Russ and I are just bosom buddies. We, we love each other, our wives are best friends. And uh, he, was, he was not happy, he was angry. Uh, he's not the one that yelled at me. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I'd slap him. <laughs> but um, is this okay here? I, I want to. I just want to share. Be, just behind. It's just so the guy that came back in about ten more minutes, and he had a bowl and a towel. I, th I was thinking, oh no, what's he? He, want, he wants me to wash his feet because he wants me to make sure that I keep serving. And the next thing I know is he's taking off my shoes and my socks. He's washing my feet and crying. And he just, he said, I am sorry. Uh, I, I, it was selfish of me because I don't want you to leave here. And because it's what I don't want, I assumed it was God 
because of the, the amount of energy involved. And then one of the elders, elders started to cry, and he said, I'm sorry I yelled at you. He said, you've, you've been a blessing to my daughters, um, and you've had great influence in their lives, and I didn't want that to stop. And then I got another apology, I got another apology, I got another apology. And the guy that was behind me to begin with just smiled, and I knew it. <laughs> and I got done with that, and, and what I'd realized this is uh, in, in Genesis, I think it's 15, 11, let's see, uh, Genesis 15, 11, Abraham is making a sacrifice, and as he's making the sacrifice, let me tell you, I grew up here. I planned on living here my entire life. I was an upstate New York guy. I grew up in Marion, New York. Carol and I just went to Marion yesterday. We drove to Marion. We went to all the houses, all five houses we lived in while we were in Marion. <clears throat> and we did not go to 235 Bryan Street in Rochester, which is the place that we lived in every time in between, <laughs> to add up to about 10 to 12 houses by the time I was eight. So we, we went there, and we're just remin you know, reminiscing about life and things. And <clears throat> um, I just got off. Where was I going? I had such a great... See, I was going to stay in Rochester. So I was, I was going to stay here the rest of my life. And I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a local church guy, North Chile. I'm going to be here the rest of my life. And I've got a nice little house on Ramblewood Drive. And, and why would I go? And suddenly, he just made it really clear that we're supposed to go. And, and he said that it, it, my Laura and I talked about the sacrifice of going, the sacrifice of leaving family, the sacrifice of leaving good friends. The funny thing is, Russ and Chris moved near us a few years later in Kansas City. And they're still there, and all their girls got married to somebody that's from there, so it was good. It's good. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> I still poke them about that now and then. And, and so the, the idea of going was a real sacrifice, but in Genesis 15, Abraham is making this sacrifice, and these ravens and birds start to come down to, to pick at his sacrifice. And he takes off his cloak and he fights them off. And I'm going over the story. I'm going, you know what? Sometimes in life, you have to make a sacrifice that some people close to you might not love. But you have to find a loving way to fight off what is the attack. And it's, you don't fight people. And I was in that meeting and it's like, the Lord just said, don't yell back. Don't do anything. Just share what you know to be true and let me work it out. So I'm sitting there, let, let, let them work it out, and someone's washing my feet, other people are crying, other people are apologizing, and I'm watching in front of me, and the, the way that I fought was just to be calm, to be loving, but I was, I was not going to retaliate in the spirit that was coming. So here we are, um, I'm coming here, and, and I've no, you may not know that, but I've, I've known I've been coming here for, for hours. Um, Steve and I talked on Tuesday, I think. <laughs> and decided that I'm on a plane on Thursday, and here I am. So um, it, was, it was not a lot of time beforehand to figure out what's going on. And he said two things to my heart. One was creativity, and that this church is an open door for creativity if you will take it. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that there are some readings today. Carol read me her, it wasn't poetry, it was just a short story, and it was just beautiful about our grandmother. Amazing. Um, she's a great writer, and, and so I, I feel like there's a, a spirit of creativity that, that people are, are being invited to, and I don't care what your age is, it really doesn't matter. Some of you are a little bit older saying, well, my time is gone. 
No, it's not. My grandmother got saved at 82 and lived to 99. So it's not too late. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she had visions of Jesus. I remember sitting around my mother's house, and my grandmother's just 89 years old, and we're talking, and suddenly she just ignores me. And I'm saying, you know, Manu, we called her Manu, Manu, she goes, she goes, shh. I said, what? She goes, and I look up, and there's nothing. There's a ceiling, and, and she finally comes back, and I said, what was that? She goes, it was Jesus. You didn't see him? You didn't, he was right there. You didn't see him? I just felt bad I didn't see her vision. I, she goes, what was he doing? Because he just smiles at me. He just smiles at me. He does that now and then. So she had visions of Jesus till she was 99 years old, so it's not too late. Um, the other thing besides creativity was, um, was just how do you follow a God who never changes but is always moving? So we have a God who's always moving. He's, he's, he's never, uh, never silent. Sometimes we think he is, but he never, he's never silent. His word's always open to us. We can, we can always find out what he's thinking and feeling. Um, and, but he's, he's never changing. And we're supposed to somehow get into this world. You, you, have, a, you have a change. There's a, there's a shift that's taken place. We went back to Mary and we saw some old friends. I saw a guy that I knew when he was a teenager. He's now 70 years old. So last time I saw him, he was in his mid-teens, and he was this larger-than-life guy because I'm five or six years younger, and you know, when somebody's 15 and you're 10 or 9, they're huge. Well, he's just this short little guy. <laughs> he's a short, stubby little guy who's now 70. I'm looking at him going, you can't be the same man. You were huge. What happened? Did you shrink? It's, uh, and, you know, so um, people change. Uh, we all change. If, if you're here and you haven't been here for a while and you're going, wow, Chris used to be young with dark hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I've changed. I, I stopped coloring my hair. Um, but <clears throat> every time you see a little kid, they're ch they, they change. They're, they, they become older. They, they have a, a knowing look on their face that wasn't there before because life hit him. And the same thing every time I come back here, there's, there's shift and there's change. Um, I love Ralph and Wanda. They're some of my best friends, and now they're gone. So, does this leave a hole? Well, yeah, it leaves a Ralph and Wanda hole. It doesn't leave a hole for God. As a matter, as a matter of fact, this is these are the times when God begins to move in ways that He didn't move before. Yes. There's opportunities, and there's there's places, and there's there's things to grab a hold of. And I just want to encourage you. Um, th this is a sweet time right now. This is a sweet time. In c coming in here, uh, I just, I sense, uh, I, uh, even just the word in here, when I walked in here and I was sitting over here was the word invitation. And so I think there's an invitation to creativity. I think there's an invitation to let go of some things that need to be let go so you can hold on to something that God's given you new. Um, <clears throat> In Proverbs 29:18, it says, "Without vision, the people perish." Years ago, we had this Bible teacher that used to say, uh, "It's prophetic revelation, and, and so it's ongoing." Without vision, and and so I decided, you know what? I just believed that for years, and I never looked it up. I never studied it. <clears throat> well, and over the years, I've I've been in 10,000 classes, <laughs> and um, I studied it, and he was right. <laughs> it, the, the the vision there is not just a one 
one fo it's not a it's not a picture that you take without a picture that you have so, but it's ongoing understanding it's revelation on the go so for me to get revelation number three i need to pass through one and two to get there and so i have to keep moving with god that that never changes but is always moving i have to be a part of the movement um <clears throat> it, it's easy to and it, it, this is easy for me to say because he keeps moving around we're in harrisburg pennsylvania but here's the thing i i stepped down as associate pastor of harrisburg because the lord made it really clear that we're supposed to be on the move again it's like but lord i'm old just no you're not um he said he was old and <laughs> it's like oh okay um <clears throat> I'm old, and, and I don't know if I want to move again. And, and it, that he didn't really care that much about what I wanted. He just, he just wanted to make sure that I said yes. And so we're, we're headed back to probably uh, um, Kansas City, the Kansas side. My daughter is there um, with three kids. Anybody ever seen Minnie on Facebook? You know who Minnie is? She's got her own little following on Facebook, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we're supposed to be around our kids and around... Um, friends and near near our family and near our daughters and, and near our grandchildren for this next season and so that's all he said for this season I'm thinking season does that mean that there's another season afterwards I'm starting to get tired <clears throat> um, but he took me to Ezekiel 47 and this is I said I'd finally get here sooner or later Ezekiel 47 um, <clears throat> in Ezekiel 47 the the river of God comes from under, under the throne and begins to move out. And in verses 1 through 5, and, and uh, I thought I turned there, but I turned to Isaiah because I didn't have my glasses on yet. Um, <laughs> so let me turn to Ezekiel 47. <clears throat> By the way, how is everybody today? Good. good. Doing all right? Okay, good. Just turn to somebody and give them a big kiss on the lips. Okay. <clears throat> Is that too much? Okay. Aw, oh, Carol and Bill did it. He said to me, it's either you or Frank. <laughs> Good choice, Bill. <laughs> Boy, you would have lost a lot of points if it was Frank. <laughs> I'll give you a kiss later, Frank. Um, verse 5, again, he measured 1,000, uh, and it was a river that I could not cross, and the water was, was too deep water, and one must swim. One must swim. Oh, I like that. Um, we go to Cape Cod. We like Cape Cod. Um, <clears throat> I just talked to somebody a few days ago. <coughs> they were just coming back from uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, some beach down there, and the water, oh, the water was so warm. It was wonderful. We have friends who go to Florida all the time. They went, oh, the water's so warm. You should come down and be a part, and the water's so warm. And <clears throat> they, sometimes they say, yeah, in the summer it's so warm that, that it's just like walking into real bath water. And to me, that's not refreshing. Um, when we go to Cape Cod, it's refreshing. Um, the water's anywhere between 50 
7 and 62. And if it says a 6 when you go down by the beach and it says a 6, you're really happy. Because it even be 60, 61, 62, and it's like, yes, it's warmer today. And so um, <clears throat> here it speaks about when you get up to the ankles and when you get up to the knees and when you get up to the waist and then, then you begin to swim. And, and it really is a commitment there. Um, <clears throat> when you, sometimes when it says 50-something, 50 58, 59, and you, you know you're going to ride waves. You know you're going to get in. When you get in, you know you're going to get used to it. But you know you're going it, to, it's like you can have fun, but we're going to slap you in the face for a few minutes. Then you can have fun. And that's kind of what it, you know you're going to get slapped up for a little bit. So you, you walk in, you get your ankles. You, you know what it is what's really cool? And you, your ankles go in, and after a while, it, it's all needles. And then after a while, you can't feel it. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so you go and you get your ankles. Okay, now you go up. You go up to the knees. Go up to the knees. And it's like ah, ah, yes, yes, yes. And you see, all around you are hundreds of kids just jumping in the water and running. You know, and to them it's nothing. And you're going, they can do it. I can do it. They can do it. I can do it. Okay. And then the next one is the waist. Now this one's a real commitment. <laughs> That's just, that's all I really want to say about that. Uh, this is a real commitment to, to go from the knees to the, the knees is nothing. The waist is a whole different ball game. And then the other big one is when your shoulders go under. I mean, you can get up to the waist and then if it's really cold, you're, you're hyperventilating because it's really cold. And no, some of you are going, then why do you go there? Because it's awesome. It's awesome. There are no hotels or anything on the beaches. It's just, the beach we go to is Coast Guard Beach. Every year, it's one of the top 10 beaches in the United States, including Hawaii. Coast Guard Beach, can't beat it, so it's great. So we, we get up there, and then, you, then as the big one is, the shoulders go under. When the shoulders go, you might as well put the head, because once the shoulders are under, you know, you're, you're dead meat anyway. And so you, you put the shoulders, in, and it goes down. <clears throat> and here's what it says in verse 9. Every living thing that moves with the river will live. Oh. The thing is, until I lift my feet to let the river take me, I am in control. I can be in the river. Ha, ah, how was church? Great, great, I'm in the river. Yeah, but it's not moving you. It's not changing you. You're not letting it take you down the river. Because everything that, that moves in the river will live. And, and so, so often, church becomes, well, I, I got up to my waist today. Well, that's a commitment. That's good. I'm glad. That's awesome. You're saying yes to God. But saying yes to God in a comfort is different than movement that you don't know where you're moving to. That's the thing about the river. You don't know. In the St. Lawrence River, when I was a kid, when we grew up there, we'd go up there every summer. And there was a little thing that we had What was, um, did you swim the river yet? And it was a big macho thing with all the male cousins. Remember that, Carol? I don't know if you... Yeah. And so it was a big macho thing. Where it, was, you, it was a mile and a half across the river, um, almost two miles. And you'd start out, and you had a boat near you, 
and, and whoever was in the boat was rowing or had a little motor, and they would go beside you as you went to swim the river. You had, every, every kid had to swim the river once. Well, I didn't have to if you wanted to be a man. Love the 60s. <laughs> so my cousin Bob Dupre is in the boat, and I'm going across, and I'm getting across. And I start, I'm starting out, and I'm looking at this yellow cottage right across the river. I will make it. And so I lift my feet, and I start going across the river. And at the middle of the river, it's about 75 feet deep, and that's where big, big ships go through, destroyers, and I mean, you name it. Cruise, everything, they go through there. And so you, you want to do it at a time that you know that the big ships aren't going through. And so I'm swimming across, and finally, it seemed like days later, but it was, I don't know, a few hours later, I get to the other side of the river. And I'm looking and going, nothing looks familiar. I have no clue where I am. And we get back in the boat, and he's got this little motor, and I said, where are we? He goes, oh, we're about two miles down. See, I got in the river, and I planned to go there, but the river took me there. And so we want our plans to work out, but the fact of the matter is where sometimes we need to go is two miles down. We come out, we don't know where everything is, we don't know what it looks like, we're unsure, but the fact of the matter is if you let the river take you somewhere, you will live. And the word live is, is, is another translation of that is those that, that move in the river are given life. I love that translation. Those that move in the river are given life. By the way, what am I done here? But I know that's, yeah, but body clocks are always different than, they always say, oh yeah, whenever you're done. You know, <clears throat> some choose the valley of indecision um, so let me ask you a question. How many, how many of you moved to this area? How many of you are from this area to begin with so you, you've never really moved away? Not, that's not a bad question. I just, okay, great, okay. How many of you moved to this area from another area? Wow, okay. How many of you moved to this area because you know God wanted you to move to this area? Awesome, most of you, that's right. How many of you thought it was going to be one thing and life has turned out differently that moved here. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you come with an idea of where you're going to go and how it's going to be settled, but the fact of the matter is there's life waiting for you down the river. I just want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, down the river is a glorious place. Down the river means that you're not in control. God likes it when we're not in control. God doesn't want us to not be brainless people that walk around and, and not trying to figure anything out. He, he, he literally has an entire book on, on wisdom and the spirit of wisdom. So he wants us to be wise. But the, the, the problem with Solomon, that his wisdom was he, he ended up gaining control of his life and he lost it. And so having control of wisdom is not good. Having wisdom and using it in, in the river to be able to live and, and to be productive when he brings you into life is a wonderful thing. So <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not one of those that, that, that doesn't think that we can't figure things out. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest theological shifts I ever had I, when, was when I went to Kansas City and we were praying about going there. <clears throat> 
And up till that time, uh, some of you will remember this, that, that the will of God is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Uh, there were three wills. That's what we were taught many years ago, back in the 1840s. <laughs> no, back in the 1970s, our Bible teacher taught us that the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's good, sometimes it's acceptable, but perfect. What you want is the perfect. You don't want the good. God will accept it, but you need the perfect. Well, you know what that does to, to a person when the only option that's viable is perfect perfection? It means that every decision you make has to have perfection attached to it. It has to be a perfect decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change jobs. Really? Is that the perfect will of God? Well, it's a raise, yes, but does he want you to have a raise? I don't know. Maybe it's the perfect will of God for you to accept less and be joyful. Yes, that's what I should do. <laughs> no, use your brain. You're going to get a raise? That's awesome. Take the stupid job. Lord's moving us out of the area. Oh, I don't think so. That doesn't sound, that sounds acceptable. He would probably go with you. <laughs> but that doesn't sound perfect. And so when I came to Kansas City, we were looking for the perfect will of God. This is our first big move. We'd moved back from New York City, and now we're here in the area, and we've been here, I don't know, 11, 12 years, something like that. And we're down there, and... Uh, Somebody comes over, a prophetic guy comes over, he goes, oh, I don't, nice to meet you, oh, the Lord, Lord, I, I saw your faces last night, and so I, I you know, I, I already kind of know you. He said, oh, great, great. Um, <clears throat> am I ever going to be rich? He didn't answer that one. Um, <clears throat> but he said, uh, all I really want to tell you is that the Lord just said, um, whatever the two of you decide that he's going to bless and put his blessing on it. What? No, no, there's only a perfect will of God. I have to know the perfect will of God. He just looked at me and goes, well, maybe because your hearts are good, and if he gives you the desires of your heart, possibly the decision is in your hearts? No. And it was. We looked, and we... we we had a theological shift right then that God wants to move upon our hearts to move upon our lives. As opposed to looking for some mysterious, mythical, perfect will, we began to realize that God's will is good, it's always acceptable, and it's always perfect. There's one will of God, and one will, that's all, oh, Chris, that's so much pressure, there's only one will. Now, the thing is, that you, I don't know where I'm going to step off when I step out of the river, I, I could think I'm stepping here, could think I'm stepping there, but if my heart is right, he is a better leader than I am a follower. So if he's a better leader than I'm a follower, if my heart's right, if he's the one that's leading, I, I'm not going to go wrong. Right. Now, someone, said, well, Debbie Boone saying that, you know, years ago, that <laughs> if it feels right, it must, you know, must be right. Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> 
It can't be wrong if it feels so right, because you light up my life, which I hated because it knocked the Beatles off, hey Jude, of the, of, of the most, most weeks at number one. I liked Debbie Boone because she was a believer until then. Actually, I knew her sister, Lori Boone, was a friend of mine in Kansas City, and Lori said that Debbie used to get, Christians would rail against her because of that line. They were so angry, they wrote hate letters, some wanting to kill her because of that. Totally serious. We're bizarre when it comes to the will of God. I got a good father. We sang about him this morning. And, and you, Brittany said, you just we don't know how good he is. I rest. I, I live in rest because I'm, I'm just, somebody, yeah, you're chill about what's going on. You, you, you're going to quit a job without a job to go to. That's where I just came from. You're gonna, I'm leaving a job without a job to go to. That's irresponsible. And I said, no, I checked, and it's okay with Dad. He, he told me to do this. And so the week before I leave my job, I get a call from my friend out in California who produced the shack and published the book and said, would you want to be my writing partner? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> We're going to write books for kids, Christian books for adults, and do movies. I said, yes, I will be your partner. <laughs> he said, are you going to be free? In one week. <laughs> he goes, okay, let's do it. So we're doing it, and it's awesome. But I didn't know. All I knew is, he says, lift your feet up and let the river take you. He said, but I don't have a job. Just lift your feet up. This isn't rocket science, Chris. I love you. If you will lift your feet up, I have something so good for you. But if you control it, it's just it's simple trust. And it's really a simple relationship. If he's good, it will be good. Okay? In, in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, Behold, we, behold uh, is in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And the same image of what? The same image we behold. I know I've shared this here before, but the fact of the matter is we need to hear it over and over again. The image we behold is the person we become. If you behold a God who's detached, you become detached. If you behold a God who's good, there's goodness that comes, and you trust in his goodness. And it's all, it all comes back to beholding. Who is this God that you're It is a relationship. It's intimate. It's daily. It's, you know, the people that you, that you are around right now, you see them. They're real. They're alive. He is real. He is alive. He's wanting just real relationship because what he wants to do here is the next thing he has in store for new hope. It's a new season in new hope. It is a new season of invitation in new hope. I, I believe that. I sat down here this morning. I heard that word. <clears throat> uh, invitation. I'm, gonna, I'm giving them invitation. This is a season of invitation. Um, change happens two ways. <clears throat> you uh, initiate change or change is thrust upon you. I like the first one. <laughs> um, too often change is thrust upon us and, and we then have to rely on uh, okay, uh, now what? In, in Ezekiel 13, uh, Exodus 13, excuse me, 
as, as they were following the cloud and, and uh, the fire at night, it says it was not a straight path. People didn't have a heart for war, so God covered them with a cloud by day and a fire by night for protection and caused fear to their enemies. There, there came a time that sometimes when we're following him, sometimes we don't, because of the pain and thing in our heart, and you're, you're saying, if I, if I put this out there and I, and I say yes, I make myself extremely vulnerable. But what he does, he gives us an example of the children of Israel. He says, listen, they didn't have a heart for war. They'd just been, they'd been slaves. They'd been beaten down. They were, they were in pain in their hearts. So what did I do? I put a cloud around them so their enemies couldn't see them and fire at night to, to instill fear in their enemies. When you're in that place of vulnerability, when you're in that place of internal pain, when things don't seem, how can I move forward? Just keep going, because he will be your defender. He's not going to put you in a situation where in the midst of your weakest point, now you have to war again. He wants to cover you. He wants to protect you. Why? Because he's so good. That's just the bottom line. His, his goodness takes me from situation to situation. I, I, I had no clue this thing was coming up. Um, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Sometimes just any decision is better than no decision. Well, it's the perfect will of God. I, I can't tell that for you. All I know is that if you step out in faith, you'll step into his perfect will. Oh, Chris, how can you be so said? That's ridiculous. People make mistakes all the time. Hear what I just said. If your heart is following him, if you know that what you're in, in your heart, that you, will, you want to follow him and you want him to lead you, he's not, he is not going to lead you astray. He doesn't do that. That's, that's not his nature. <clears throat> um, as I said, we had Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I'm just going to turn there, and I'm going to give you a desire of your heart quiz. Are you ready for a desire of your heart quiz? Yeah, you all didn't plan on getting a quiz today. You're going to get a quiz. Steve, if you don't pass this, you do not go into seventh grade. <laughs> I had him in sixth grade. It's unbelievable. You want to know what he was really like? <laughs> he was a great kid. He was. As I said, told him yesterday, I said, you know, or maybe Friday night, I said, there were some kids that, that were in this class, great kids, but they were just full of mischief. And, and they tried to pull him into their mischief. And now and then he'd go along, but I would... I would I, you know, it wasn't a class of 50 kids. There was about 15 of them. So I, could, I, I got to know him real well. <clears throat> and I'd watch him, and he'd be, he'd go, you know. And, it, and I don't know if he was doing this physically, but he'd like, you know, devil on one shoulder and angel on the other. You know, do I? Uh, and more often than not, he always did the, the right thing. I was just impressed with this. I remember I telling Laura about it. I was impressed with this little sixth-grade six kid because at that point in time, He's looking to make the right decision. And it, he, he made a really right one because he picked Joy to be his wife. Amen. That was a really great move. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. <laughs> All right. Try, okay. Uh, Psalm 37. <clears throat> Trust the Lord and do good. 
dwell in the land and feed on its faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So people look, oh, he wants to give you the desires of your heart, but do you delight yourself in the Lord? Because it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desire. I don't, guess I don't. I sinned yesterday. I probably did today, and I don't even know it. Oh, yeah, I flipped that guy off when I was driving. Yeah, it's, I didn't really, but in my heart I did, so I guess I did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you're going, maybe I don't delight myself in the Lord, therefore my desires are my heart. Let me ask you, let me go back. And, 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 do, you, do you trust the Lord? Trust in the Lord and do good. Do you trust the Lord? Okay. Now, do you always trust the Lord? 100% of the time? Is it your heart to always want to? Okay, then it's the yes in your heart. Do you do good? Oh, that was so much quieter. <laughs> do you do good? Okay, is, is, when you don't do good, is it your heart to want to do good? When you don't do good, do you feel bad or do you feel really good that you didn't do good? You, you feel bad, right? Or the grammar teacher would say badly, because it's an adverb. Okay. Dwell in the land. That means I want to be where God has me. Do you want to be where God has you? Yes. So you dwell in the land. Good. Feed on his faithfulness. Do you take in... Th wait, wait, I'm talking, speaking to the choir. You're here on a Sunday morning. You could be home sleeping. You could be anywhere. But you're not. You're here. So you're feeding on his faithfulness, right? Okay. And then it says, delight yourself. And I love this because I have a, a dear friend of mine who's a, a Jewish scholar. He's Jewish. Um, he is... He is probably the smartest man I know. He lives in Israel. He's a believer, Messianic believer, and he teaches, um, he teaches rabbis about the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. And they listen to him even though he's a Messianic Jew because he's brilliant. And he said to me, he said, yeah, when you parse this out, it's a test. I said, what's the test? The test is, do I delight myself in the Lord? I said, well, what's the test? The test is, do I trust him? Do I do good? Do I dwell in the land? Do I feed on its faithfulness? If you do, that's the definition of delighting yourself in the Lord. If you do, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Wow. You mean I qualify? Yes. But I'm not perfect. Yeah, but you've passed the quiz. That means you delight yourself. That's you. You're here because you delight yourself in the Lord. Fully, 100%? No. No. Enough, though, that you get out in the river and you lift your feet up and you let them carry you along. And you say, Lord, I don't know where we're going, but you do. And again, you're a better leader than I have the ability to follow, so I will follow you. So I just want to, in this next, in this next season uh, that, you're, that you're in, <clears throat> I want you to be encouraged. Um, I, I think there's some people that need to step, and I, I'm going to put this on you guys in the leadership team, um, <clears throat> that some of you have been looking f for someone to validate um, the ministry that you know God's given you for years. And you're waiting for someone to come by with a sword and go, I dub thee. <laughs> you know. And until, until leadership finds me, I'm not, sometimes you need to initiate. It, it says a man's gift makes room for him. But here's the funny thing. We always think, okay, our gifting will make room. You know what gifting, the, the, the term gifting means? It means more than just the thing you do. It's the, it's, the, it's the person you are and the thing you do. It's the combination. So sometimes our gift doesn't make room for us 
because part of the package has kept us from stepping into the thing we do because of the person that we are. How many know what a hooded falcon is? You know what a falcon? Falcon's an amazing bird. When falcon dies for its... Falcon can see a, a mouse moving five miles away. And when it dies for its prey, it dives at 200 to 230 miles an hour. It's the fastest animal on the planet by far. But if you take that same falcon and you put a little hood over it and you cover its eyes, it's docile and it just sits there and does nothing. And sometimes we think that that's what others are doing. They're, they're taking this, this hood, they're creating us and making us a hooded falcon. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes ourselves, we have hooded ourselves with our attitudes and our negativity and we have created ourselves a hooded falcon. And so in this invitation, part of the invitation is to look, to check, to ask a friend, have, have I made it difficult for me to move forward? Be honest, because invitations can go out to so many, but if so many are, are, are struggling in, in an area and, and, and live as a hooded person, we'll never soar, we'll never fly, we'll never see five miles ahead. <clears throat> because our, our blindness, our anger, our bitterness, our whatever. So I want to encourage you, in this season of invitation, check for the hood so that God can get under the hood <laughs> and can start you up again so that you can do what God's called you to do because it's not too late. It's never too late. Amen. And if you're new, there's no timetable here that you have to be here for so many weeks and months and years before God wants to use you in a particular way here, come forward. Be part of life. Introduce, your, introduce yourself. Get, you know, the, the important thing is that, that people get to know us, and when they get to know us, they, they'll get to know what we do. But if, you, if you're out to make sure that people know what you do, um, there's something that's lost there, and it's called relationship. Amen. It's called family. So... I think this is an invitation, a season of invitation. You're letting go of a precious couple. It's wonderful. They were wonderful. They, they, they were what God had for that season. But God's called them, therefore they're not for this season. So you are. This is your season. This is a season to step up, to say yes to the invitation. And then just to look and Whatever ways that you're here and you've gotten comfortable at the knees. Every Sunday you come and you go to the knees and then you leave the, the building. And then you come to the knees and you leave the building. And He's saying, would you come a little further in? Not, be, not in a church service, but in your life. Would you come a little further in? Would you, would you let your feet go? Yeah, but I don't know where. No, no, no. Do you know me? When you gaze upon me, do you look and do you trust me? If you do, I got something waiting for you downstream. It's going to be amazing. It's going to look like Canada. Because when I crossed that St. Lawrence River, I was in Canada. Such a beautiful country. Oh, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for new days. I thank you for new seasons. 
I thank you for the depth of your love. Thank you that you root us and ground us in love so that we can soar. I thank you you create buildings with foundations. The deeper the foundation, the higher the building. We don't see the foundations, but they got to go deep if we're going to build high. And so I speak that to each one here, that the foundations of trust and knowing the goodness of God would go deep. This would not be a, a group that, that looks to the past and wants the same thing again when you're in the midst of doing something new. We say yes and thank you for all you've done. But Lord, we say yes and thank you for what's to come. You sing over us with joy. Let us hear your song. Let us hear your song. I pray for the ability to say yes and to go beyond the ankles, to go beyond the, the knees, to go to the next place that you have for us and the invitation you have for us. And Lord, we, we will do that because we know you're good. And what you have for us is going to be just a wonderful gift from a, from a wonderful Papa. So bless this church in this next season. I pray that people wouldn't look for external validation constantly, but you'd, you'd give them a confidence to move forward, to press ahead with the gift that you've given them. And many of them aren't going to take place inside these four walls. They're meant to touch a world. You've spoken here that there's supposed to be an experience with God, a connection to God, and then growth in a healthy community. And then there's a world that needs to be touched. So let us not stop in one area when you're moving us to another. I bless them. I bless this group to say yes to you, to let go and let the river carry them into the next joyous journey in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to check out our additional resources, please feel free to go to newhopecom.org.